Praise the Lord. I have something that uh, literally moments ago, the Spirit of God uh, had someone send to me. You'll recognize the voice. And uh, you'll understand why I believe it is so imperative for us to jump into what the Spirit of God has to say to us this morning. You'll see how clearly the Holy Ghost has orchestrated these things. And uh, you are not here by accident in Jesus' name. So I'm going to do my best to use my microphone and let you hear the word of the Lord concerning some things that I'm going to begin to share with you. And um, I believe it'll be a blessing to you. And I'm trusting that through the microphone, it'll go online and everyone can hear it. And once again, you will recognize this voice. And I'm going to see if I can't bring it up now and play it. Can we, let's try it this way. Where, where does the, where does somebody help me here? Where's the volume come out of this thing? The bottom, bottom? Bottom? All right. Just want to make sure that we get enough volume here. All right. Yeah, I think I got a microphone here. We can do this. I'm tech savvy. Pastor Tracy, I had a dream uh, last night. Uh, I was ministering in a service, and you were actually there. And the Lord gave me a word for you. Uh, doesn't sound like earth-shaking things we don't know word, but this is what uh, I heard myself say to you. Uh, in that dream, uh, he said to tell you, son, help is on the way. It's closer than you think. Even today, that help will be there to teach others how to really learn to drink. And you will discover in the days ahead, doors open wide. And there will be the help to sustain every part of what I've called you to do in your spiritual climb. For the day of awakening is at hand, and it's time for you to stretch out your hand and take the land. The territory is yours. You know that well. You'll see it begin to manifest like the springing up of a new spring from a divine well. So rejoice in me. This is the day to see signs, wonders, and miracles literally pave the way. Praise God. Love you, sir. Praise God. Glory to God. Open your Bibles, please, to Galatians chapter 3. Only the Holy Spirit can orchestrate such supernatural things, utterances, wisdom, knowledge, and divine instruction. You don't know this, but in the middle of the night, I was awakened by the Lord, and the Lord spoke to my spirit, and he said, I want you to minister to the people today on the God of miracles. So there's some opening remarks I'm going to make by the Spirit of God, and I want you to hear it because there's an unusual divine anointing that, and a coat, a new anointing, 
not only in our lives, but on every aspect. I'm talking about every aspect, every branch, every arm of this ministry and every minister and partner that is attached. And the thing that's critically important is, and I'm going to minister along these lines today and you'll understand, but the thing that's critically important is an awakening. Now hear me, because as soon as I say that, you're thinking, yeah, boy, this nation needs a move. No, you need an awakening. Hey, come on, the awakening has got to happen to you. Yes. That you are taking a miracle anointing yes. and treating it common. Deciding week to week what part you're going to operate in or partake of and live in the world. Uh -huh. Yes, sir. I want to say some things to you that are very important because the Lord is absolutely revolutionizing long standing partners that have been taught the word for a long time to an awakening of who they are, who they're connected to, where they're planted, what the assignment is, and what they actually have in them to do. And there's going to be an activation of that. And it's going to be a corresponding manifestation to the world as a miracle. Miracles are happening around you all the time, every day. But they're not perceived because you don't realize or acknowledge often that it is God that did that for you. That it was your faith doing that that you were not protected or provided for or something supernatural happened because you were connected to the right anointing and the right covenant and the... Yes. We have a, a body that once they get into the land and are fed and drink good milk and the flow of milk and honey that don't want to admit that we're much like the Old Testament people who say, my hand has gotten me this wealth. But all the while, it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. And there's a reason that he might establish his covenant. Glory be to God. And I want to talk to you about what the Lord assigned me to talk to you about, the God of miracles. And uh, even recently, I've been awakening. Uh, even this morning, um, I was sent a song. Uh, it was sent to the family of something that I believe was divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. You just heard the prophecy. The song had to do with, don't you tell me God can't do it. He worked this miracle and that miracle and that miracle and that. Now, don't you tell me God can't do it. He worked this miracle and that miracle and that miracle. It's not a new song. It's an older song. But the truth is, we need to be reawakened to the fact that we're going and coming from church like this is an organization. And I want you to know, men can build organizations, but the church is a miracle. The church was created because the creator of the universe raised his son from the dead by an operation of the faith of God. And the fact that you're born again is a miracle. And the glory comes where there's excellence and honor. And when there's no top conscience of God's presence and power at every moment, actually orchestrating all the divine, wonderful, good happenings in our life, we are dishonoring the fact yeah. yes, 
that we think natural things produce that for us. And there's going to have to be a readjustment. There's got to be a release of our faith to understand that we are standing on the cusp of the greatest move in the history of the ages, unprecedented among men, and we're the tip of the spear, and we're not going to sit here and operate in an organization coming and going from meetings as common. God's finding a group of people that will be strong in the last days and do exploits. I believe that's us. But it's going to require an awakening. And we'll talk about some of these things, but I want to make some statements to you. I want us to understand that without the supernatural, all we have to give the people is religion. Christianity is not religion. It's life. I'm going to say that again. Christianity is not religion. It is life. Christianity is a miracle life. A life of miracles. Understand Christianity began in miracles. Everything about Christianity is based on a succession of miracles. And all of Christianity, if we're going to fulfill the assignment, is propagated by miracles. We need to understand that this Lord we worship, everything about him is a miracle. We come and go and we do things with children and we have Christmas pageants and then we have Easter songs we sing. But we need to understand that Jesus' conception, his birth, his life, his wisdom, his teachings, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, his appearances, his ascension, all of them are astounding and undeniable miracles. Christianity doesn't know any other kind of God than a miracle God. Woo! Glory to God. Do you understand what I'm saying to you by the Holy Ghost? You need to understand. There's got to be an awakening of who we are, what we have, what we have access to, and what we carry. And we're called to carry it into the whole earth. And we can do it. But it's going to take a miracle to fulfill the commission. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Yes. Now, it's very important to, to realize these things. I remember years ago, the Lord gave me a message. And, um, and I know it sounds like a misnomer because I said Christianity is not a miracle, not a religion, it's life. I believe that, and that is actual the truth. But I titled the message many, many, many years ago when the Lord spoke to me very early in the ministry. And I remember the Lord speaking to me sovereignly, supernaturally. And the Lord said, Christianity is a miracle religion. And he gave me a message to just go, just to hit, like skipping a rock across the top of the water, 
in a preaching message, hitting miracle after miracle. He said, come through the Old Testament, get into the life of Jesus, go through the New Testament. And he said, show the people that this is a documentation of six millennia of miracles. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That God's people are still on the earth doing what they're doing because the covenant has protected, provided, sustained, and supernaturally from another world conquered everything that tried to threaten it, persecute it, kill it, stomp it out, or destroy it. It couldn't be done. Why do you think that when God in the garden said to the woman, Woman, you're going to have a seed. Satan, your seed will be at enmity with the woman all the days of her seed's life. But her seed will crush your head. Glory be to God. Why do you think that starting with Abel, the very first righteous man who was killed by the spirit of greed and compromise. Cain, not trying to throw him under the bus, but the bottom line is his offering wasn't received. And it was clearly not received because it was offered the way God instructed and it was less than excellent. God told Cain very clearly, your offering will be received and honored on the same level as your brother's. If you do the excellency, if you do what I'm asking you to do, won't you have the excellency too? God made no distinction between the brothers. He made a distinction with their heart representation to him and what he had offered them. The distinction wasn't between the people. It was between their response to him. So there's no respecter of people. But he is a respecter of faith. He is a respecter of honor and covenant. And we see that from the very beginning. In the principle of first mention, then God tells us who he is, how to approach him. You can't just flop yourself up into his presence any old way and expect all of the blessings of that blood covenant. Yes, sir. That's so true. It's the reason Jesus had to live a sinless life, if any old person would do to break the curse, then you can live any old way you want and still break the curse. That won't happen. I feel myself a rubbing. I'm going to deal with this right here. Where are you? I lost it. It, it, it ran away. Y'all give me just a moment here. My microphone gone. I hear it. Day. Family. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. I'm going to button that thing in there and it won't come loose now. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> pull on that wire, my leg came up. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I still remember God spoke to me, he said, Christianity, the miracle religion. And I was, and, uh, but I didn't preach it until I was released. One night I was released and uh, I preached that there's a lady in the room that was in that meeting or at least related to the person many, many years ago. And you were in that room, Miss Jackie. And I preached Christianity, the miracle religion, and I'm preaching along going out of the Old Testament to the New Testament. And I think it was your niece that came in the wheelchair. She's 15 years old, had a tragic car accident, was involved in it, crushed all of, crushed her pelvis, all of that, had a halo, sitting in the wheelchair with a halo attached, could not bear weight. I'm walking down the aisle, and I look down the aisle, and she's sitting there in that wheelchair, and the Lord said, she can walk. Now, this has happened many more times than once. If you've been hanging around here, you've seen some mighty miracles. Yes, sir. Yes. Amen. Yes. And my question is, the Lord said to me once, when I began to, even in the slightest way, begin to treat it common because I got weary pressing into spiritual things. And I remember when the Lord corrected me on it, suddenly I felt about that high. Because I realized... I'll never forget him saying to me, son, you've forgotten more miracles than most ministers live and die and ever see one of. Amen. Wow. Everything you've asked me for in my name I've given you. You've cast out devils to the north, south, east, and west around the world. The thing is that I'm coming into now is the understanding. Maybe I need to replay that word. Because the opening of that word said there's help coming. Because I've anointed you to teach the people. You see, when you go into the promised land, God never wanted just Caleb and Joshua to make it. We can't fulfill this last day's harvest if Brother Tracy's just going around the world doing miracles and you only come to church when I'm back home preaching as your pastor. Things have to change. That's right. Come on. Yes. Right. Yeah. I knew once I got into it, it dropped. The boy's dropping. I got an object lesson for you, but I don't know if I'm going to get to it or not, because when I get into the anointing like this, I don't want to go to the natural, but the Lord's using me, telling me to use it as a teaching mechanism, so I will the best I can. But I remember looking down that aisle, and the Lord said, she can walk. That happened to me in Michigan. I want you to listen to me now because I'm not, I'm not boasting beyond our measure. You know, Paul talked about boasting beyond your measure. I'm not talking about what happened to another man. I'm not telling, uh, you know, stories from the days before we were born to hopefully get people's hopes up that God could do it again. Yeah. I don't tell these stories because people think 
I, I, just, I just pulled back. I just tried to preach the word and not tell them. But the Lord is saying to me, you cannot reach and stir a generation unless you start telling them what it takes to get there, what you witness. There's, it's not just going to happen for them. Come on. That's right. Yes. I was sitting in a meeting with Hilton Sutton at that time, who's now in heaven, Bob Lemon, who's now in heaven. Hilton Sutton in tent meetings with his dad, and his dad who was a preacher in the great healing waters movement. Bob Lemon the same way, and I'm walking, I'm in Michigan, I'm walking, and suddenly I'm, I'm honored to preach with these men that are so superior, my senior, and, and, and had seen more than everything I dreamed of walking in, they had already seen. And one was about 40 years old, and she was brought. Somebody picked her up because they had heard about the miracles. In that meeting, I was walking down the aisle preaching, and there was a woman who had very thick glasses on like this. And I remember I began to use that name. I just looked at her, and I said, come out in the name. I don't know. It just came up out of me. She went, ah! and fell out on the floor, and her glasses went one way. She fell out, and the floor got delivered. I noticed in the next two or three meetings, she wasn't wearing them anymore. I thought maybe that her eyes were completely healed. Some of you have heard the story, but I'm just telling you. Found out later when I talked to her, she said, I've been free from that moment. I felt that thing come out. She said, I don't know how it got in me. It must have got in through my eyes because it came out through my eyes. And I said, well, I know you're not wearing your glasses. I was asking where she physically is. She said, no. She said, that's not it. She said, she showed me her glasses. She said, that thing came out with such force, it sandblasted the inside of my glasses. I can't see through them. They literally looked like her glasses had been sandblasted. Wow. Like I told you the story recently of going uh, the last year or so to a church. <clears throat> I won't tell you where it is or what the occasion was, but I've been there a number of times. First time I was there, a lady was brought from a denominational setting. She said, I didn't even know I had this spirit in me, and I didn't even know I got this spirit in church. Sitting in church, I got this spirit. So I've had that, to I've had that told to me a lot. I was walking around. Matthew was young, dealing with holding him up before God, talking to a sickness and disease. My mama, she said, she said I heard a voice come out of me. My own mother, she's probably watching today. Now, she had been asking God, been spirit-filled at that time, had been asking God, I want to see somebody come out of a wheelchair. I just want to see these things. We see that's that, yeah, we always want to see it, but you've got to be cautious that you're not pharisaically wanting to see it. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, this generation wants to see a sign. Uh -huh. come on. Yeah. But see, seeing a miracle won't produce the faith that will produce a miracle. Jesus said to, uh, to that rich man who died and went in torment, he said, send Lazarus back, right? Send him to dip my tongue in water. He said, I can't do that. There's a gulf fix. He said, well, then send him back and warn my brothers about this awful place. He said, they have Moses and the prophets. If they don't believe them, they won't believe even though one rose from the dead. What is that story about? One did rise from the dead. Yeah. It's not about you seeing something to prove God is real. He's real whether you have proof or not. Amen. This thing operates by faith. I hope I'm helping you. Yes. Glory to God. 
And uh, I was in that meeting in Alabama. I'll come back to Michigan in a second. I was in that meeting. I told you now the state, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Lady comes to the meeting. She said, I heard you preaching. You're coming along. And she said, I heard myself say real cynically. Now, that my mom, my mom, who saw me doing that in Tulsa, Oklahoma, she literally said, because she was already spirit-filled at this time, and believe in God for things opening up to more from what she was taught and raised in her whole life. And she said, and I'm, I'm holding my baby up. I'm praying in tongues, and I'm talking to that thing. I'm saying, come out. You come out in the name of Jesus. And I'm walking around our duplex. And that thing did come out by the roots because he was going to have to go to the doctor. This is a bad deal. I mean, he couldn't hardly breathe, and we were getting concerned. And he started, <laughs> and I happened to be in the kitchen after I'd done this for a while. And suddenly, <clears throat> And he blew that thing out in the sink. And then my mother saw it, but before it manifested. Are you listening to me? Yes, but before that manifested, my mother said, sitting over there watching me, she said, what? just like kind of, she said, I heard a, like a snarling kind of attitude come up in me. She said, I said, would you just look at him? He really believes this stuff. And she put her hand over her mouth. Where'd that come from? And the Lord said, that's that spirit of doubt and unbelief you've got sitting in the Methodist church, she said, the Lord said to her. We don't have time for that in this hour. It's life or death. It's too dark. People are going to die on our watch. If we don't get bold enough to tell them that Christianity is more than a religion. And we can't be out there playing with compromise, not where we're supposed to be. And so uh, I'm going to do my best here to, to, to get along, but I can sense that anointing, and it's so strong, I'm just not going to rush it. Because there is a new code on the ministry, and we are going there. Glory to God. So my mama said that. Well, now over here in, in this other church, this woman's in the meeting, and she said the same thing. She, she, my wife was standing there. She heard this testimony. A lady comes up to me after the that meeting, said a few years ago, the first time I ever heard you, she said there were things that miracles that took place that night, but phenomenal. She said, but before, while you were preaching, she said, of course, the anointing was there, and it was kind of blowing through there, but she said, I heard something come out of me. She said, I, I snapped my head snapped to the side. And I've seen that happen in healing lines a lot. I lay hands on somebody, and I, and, and I start laying hands on them in the name of Jesus. I've, I've seen them go, and they just freeze up like that. I, one man went, <clears throat> said, come out of him. He said, no, no, no. Well, see, he did. In that situation, yeah, it was the devil responding, but I couldn't get him free because he didn't really want free. He was going to hang on to whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. You can only help people that if, you let, if, if they'll let you. Right. Yeah. I've heard the story, and I've told the story about being in New Boston, Texas, praying for that woman. And I'd learned this in Haiti. Prayed for her, and the pain started moving around. And I went, oh, because I knew what was about to happen. So I told her to come out. She hits the floor. She starts growling like a dog, and Mama was at that one too. <laughs> Mama helped me get her free, but lady told me later, said, almost everybody I talk to knows when this thing comes on them and in them. They let it in. It's spiritual things they know. Now, I'm not trying to get you afraid. You're not going to have a fall out in the chair and have a manifestation today. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I'm teaching you how to deal with these things when they manifest, when you walk up and you're carrying that. Amen. But understand, understand, she starts growling and all of that, you know. And she told me later, 
I know exactly when this came into me. And she said, all these years, I thought it was the Lord. She said, 20 years ago, the Lord, I was sitting in church. She got it in church. You do realize Jesus cast devils out in the synagogue yeah. most often. Uh -huh. yeah. Well, <laughs> this woman said, uh, I don't know who's that man think he is. And she said her, her, her head snapped to the side. She said, what is it? And all of a sudden she started putting stuff in her mouth and she just like this. And she started, she had this un unusual desire to spit, so she started spitting. And when she finished spitting, she had a palm full of pebbles. And suddenly that thing lifted, came out of her, under the anointing while I was preaching. Never laid hands on her, never used the name of Jesus. The anointing drove that thing out. <laughs> she came up and testified. Now, that's, you know, that's pretty humbling to testify those kind of things. So if I were to tell you, okay, well, here's one story that happened in our, I like, no, I'm talking to you. I was in London. I'll never forget being in London. And uh, Lori and I were there in the UK preparing to help minister and in, in, in some meetings. And uh, I was laying back and <clears throat> I just thought I would, now I'd been in the ministry many years by this time and had seen many, many miracles by this time. But you see, the things that produce it the anointings that cause it. You don't ever disassociate from them. Okay, let me try that over here. This is what's wrong with the church right now. They're not valuing the real. And I was laying back on the bed, getting ready to minister, and I'm reading Norval Hayes' book. I had read it all those years before. I had been around all this coming up. We had seen, you know, you can easily say, ah, you know, let me, let me get something fresh. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I'm reading Norval Hayes' book, how, how Jesus Taught Me to Cast Out Devils. And I laid back on the bed, and suddenly, I just, because I'm laying there meditating, just reading the book and just meditating the word, laid my head back on the bed, and suddenly I had a vision, and the Lord showed me. He said, son, and he literally took me in the spirit to meetings, north, south, east, and west. And he said, son, see, have I not done what I promised you I would do? You have cast out devils to the north, south, east, and the west. And he took me into these miracles we had seen that I'd forgotten about. Well, back to Michigan, I'm walking down. It's much like this young lady. I'm looking down the center aisle. She's brought, they, they heard about the miracles. She's in a wheelchair brought her from the nursing home to the meeting. I'm walking. I look down the aisle. I said, she can walk. I said, rise and walk in the name of Jesus. And she, up out of that wheelchair, she came walking down the aisle. Bound in a nursing home. Unable to take care of herself. 40 years old. That God's in this room. Amen. He has a plan for you. It's a miracle life. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. He planned your life. He put the follicles in your head to grow hair. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, God is here. Yes. Glory to God. And he knows your situation, and you're not alone. Problem is plugging in. We'll get to that in a moment. But I remember then sitting at the table, 
after that meeting between Bob Lemon and Hilton Sutton, and I've got over 125 years of ministry between them sitting next to me or more. Almost 150 years. No, it wasn't that. That'd be 75 apiece. I think Brother, Brother Sutton was approaching his 60th year or 65th year in ministry. Bob Lemon had been over 50 years. And they had been there and done that and seen it. Been in the tents of Raymond T. Ritchie. Brother Sutton told me he'd been in, in, under Raymond T. Ritchie's tent at least two dozen times, and he never saw anybody come in on a stretcher that left on a stretcher. I asked him about it. We talked about these things, this anointing. And both of them just pulled me up, and they said, Son, and it was, I know now, as men of God, by the Holy Ghost, as prophets of God, seeing into the next generation. But I'm sitting at the table after the meeting, and they said, they said, what we saw on you tonight. So we were under those tents. They said, what we saw on you tonight was stronger than anything we witnessed there. They said, you need to understand something, Sunday. And I've had, this has happened. I, I guess the reason the Lord has had me in this situation and done this to me all these years is I have to be honest about it. When you're pressing into these things, you got to be honest with yourself that the reason God keeps talking to you about it is because you really don't believe it. And he is so serious about us being aware of what we really are carrying, and it's not us. And until we can get delivered from both the expectation of the people and our own self trying to make it happen. We're not going to see these greater works, and we're on the cusp. I'm just telling you by the Holy Ghost, we're on the cusp of them. Glory be to God. So hear me by the Spirit. So they basically said, we know how to do what we do, meaning they had handled that and walked in that anointing. They said, but where you're going. Now, I didn't realize you know, spiritual things can be like, oh, the Lord prophesied that I'm going to be there tomorrow. I've been so many places recently, at least half a dozen, where words 20 and 25 years old that were given are now coming to pass word for word in the impartation of the lives of the people, and they're recognizing it. They're bringing it back up to me, and we're literally seeing that now the walking out by faith into the ability to have the infrastructure spiritually to walk in these things, they have been faithful enough to qualify for what God said would come on them if they would do it. You have to understand that's the key with Abraham. That's why God chose him. God didn't choose him because he was the fastest man in the world in 100 meters. God chose him because he was looking down the corridor of time to do something that would last far beyond his physical life, that he would be able to put something on him that would affect generations beyond him, that would bear the weight of the coming plan of God. And that's what it says in Genesis 18, 19. I know this man. I've chosen this man because I know this man. Here's what he will do. He will teach. This is what it says right here. He will teach his children after him. 
in order that I may bring upon him the things I promised him I would do. There are a lot of people promise stuff that they never see because they never live in such a way that God can bring it on them. It's quiet in here, folks. But understand, so that's what they said, where you're going. Now, that's the point. I'm, I'm talking to you about where we're going. Well, that was many years ago. Now I'm talking about where we're going, and I'm pressed into it because it's here. The doors are here. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And to do what God has said over the last 30 years is going to take a series of undeniable, astounding miracles, and it's going to catapult things, and they're going to say, God, glory to God, it went worldwide overnight, and we're going to have to say to them, yeah, but it was a long night. How long a night was it? Every night. You have a vision in your heart, you use faith, you live right, and it puts you to bed and gets you up in the morning because you believe it so strongly that it doesn't matter if I don't see it necessarily today. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. These are the things that keep you on edge. Whew, I feel that weight, strong, strong weight. Let me read something to you about the Spirit of God. And... Uh, Gentlemen, I think I'm supposed to do this, so I'm just going to do it. Would y'all bring all of that up and just put it right over here, and we'll, we'll do a couple things. We'll just set it right there on that little area. Uh, whew, somebody say, God of miracles. God of miracles. Glory be to God. Genesis 3, 5. Let's at least read the opening scripture here for just a moment. Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. Thank you, Lord, if you can bring it up for me. Genesis. Oh. Galatians, yes. They both start with a G. I, I was in the neighborhood. Not close in the neighborhood. Not even the same testament. <laughs> I was in the wrong testament. Wow. Okay, Galatians 3, 5. Now, look at this. I want to... Now, hey, y'all seen stuff before. Just right here. The Scripture's more important. Like, what in the world is he doing? I'm going to show you. Right here. He, therefore, look at this, that ministers to you the Spirit. Yes, yes. Come on. And works miracles among you. Come on now. And works miracles among you. How does he do it? Woo, glory to God. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing? Say the hearing. The hearing, the hearing of faith. But you cannot take the hearing of faith out and make that the sum total of the source of this working of miracles. Because the word work means there's energy released. There's power in manifestation. And the power source of the covenant is the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. So we see here, he that ministers the Spirit to you and works miracles. Well, working miracles, I don't have time to get into the teaching about it, but we have to understand the covenant is made between two people. And what people have to understand is, is because the covenant has two parties, either party can initiate the miracle flow. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, come on now. See, the body of Christ knows so little about spiritual things, they're sitting around waiting on God to give them a miracle. And they don't even know what a miracle is because they equate the miracles with the spectacular. And so many times people are looking for the spectacular, the supernatural walks right by them. And they don't know what activates it. And because of uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5, let's just read this just so we can nail this down and we'll come right back to Galatians 3, 5. 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5, here's what it says. It says so clearly here that my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration. Somebody say demonstration. demonstration. Why do you think I am always doing everything I possibly know how to get you to get out of yourself and become, listen, demonstrative? Get past yourself and realize that God wants your life to demonstrate his power at work for you right now. Amen. Praise God. Amen. See, when the Holy Ghost is involved, there's demonstration. Right. Amen. Amen. And so he basically says, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of? Then you see spirit and power? You see that there? So understand then the spirit is the power of God. So the power of God in manifestation is the spirit of God in operation. The power of God in manifestation is the spirit of God in demonstration. He's the one raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus cast out devils, he said, by the spirit of God. So if we do not know the Holy Ghost and he's moving in the room and the anointing is moving in the room and we won't respond, it is impossible to access the power. The issue is the power can be present and it do you no good. And in order for miracles to be worked, energy has to be released. It's called the working of miracles. Now listen, and according to 1 Corinthians 12, it is a gift of the Spirit. So it's one of the Spirit's gifts. Miracles are a gift from the Spirit of God. Oh, come on now. Come on now. That's what he wants to do. He's in the room today to make us different than the Rotary Club. This isn't religion. This is life. Jesus is alive. It's what makes us different. So when we look at verse 5, it says so clearly... See, we, we, every religion in the world has a book like ours with gold leaf edges with a list of rules and do's and don'ts. The Muslims have that. Yeah. But they don't have any miracles. Right. I asked a man just recently, just recently, what was it? Because he was Muslim, grew up Muslim. My, I was, uh, I, well, I mean, you know, when you travel the world, you run into all kinds of people, all kinds of backgrounds. And I think this was just, I've been so many places, but I, I don't want to be wrong about this, but I think it was just in South Africa. But I was talking to this individual who was radically born again. I said, what was it? What was it that changed you? And they said, 
It was the love. When I got a revelation that God loved people, he said, Muhammad never did any of that for me. Muhammad never worked a miracle for me. We have to understand the miracle and the power of God in action for his people is God, not because we deserve it. It's because God loves his people, and he doesn't want the enemy to kill, to steal, and destroy what he loves. Won't you, don't you protect your home? Don't you protect your kids? Don't you want the best for them? Don't you love your kids more than you love your money? Yep. I mean, there's time you got money to spend on other things, and then the kid has a need, and you just put yourself back, well, I'll buy that later when some more money comes, and you take care of your kid first? Yeah. God loves his kids more than he loves his money. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. He loves you today. He's got a miracle with your name on it. Yeah. And more than one, he's got a life of miracles. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's the God of miracles. Amen. That our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. And see, we can have a misappropriated faith that it should stand in the power of God. That's the thing. Faith in the power. It takes the power to produce a miracle. Why? Because there's got to have something come in a situation that has more authority than the natural law that's going to keep it like it is. A miracle is simply the interruption of what we know is normal in the natural flow of things. But the only thing we know is normal is a world that has fallen through the law of sin and death. We don't even know what it was like in the garden. We can read about it, but we have no real ability to correlate the fact that Adam walked 100% in the spirit and the natural at the same time. They had complete and absolute dominion, and there was no pain, no resistance, no disease, no lack, no struggle to get things to produce. Everything we know is a curse. Lack, resistance, suffering, Attitudes, opinions, people standing against us, demons. And there's only one way to walk in these promises. It's called a miracle. It means you're walking in a realm that's above what normal people are walking in who don't have access to this God of love and his power to deliver their lives. He would do it. They just don't know. And they're perishing because they're ignorant. And our lives should be a demonstration, both of his love and his power and his fearlessness. Yes. Getting my hands dirty doesn't mean getting my heart dirty. Glory to God. So I'm talking about the power of God. Say the power of God. So my faith should stand in the power. Faith in the power. Faith in the power. Faith's what activates the power. Glory to God. Amen. It's the connection to the power. So we're going to have to have faith in spiritual things. One of the reasons there's no spiritual operation is faith it makes things operate. The Lord said to me coming to the meeting today, just so sovereignly, he said to me, the world was created to operate by faith. Then he said this, the creation of the world was an operation of faith. Yes. Glory to God. Do you see that? Amen. In fact, let me, look at, let me show you this New Testament verse, Colossians 2.12. This is huge. He's the God of operations. He can operate on you. I said, he can operate on you. I've had him do it to me. He sent an angel, operated on me. And there was no blood or pain, no anesthesia, no bill. 
The bill was paid by the blood of Jesus. It's amazing. He's got parts. And this is who we are, buried with him in baptism. And we're risen with him. Look now, through the faith. Yes. Of what? The operation. the operation of God. God wants to go to work for you. God wants to release his energy, working your miracle life out. He wants you to have not a normal sin-filled, curse-filled, resistant life. He wants you to conquer everything that comes at you. It doesn't mean you want to apply your faith. It doesn't mean you won't suffer a little, have to wait a little, because Adam did that. But we are in the earth as ambassadors, and by faith we overcome the world, and he's deprived it of power to harm us so therefore there may be weapons come but no weapon formed against us will ever prosper and we're so sure we're undaunted we have a confidence that's beyond what people think is hopeful or even reasonable listen now in most churches much less the world I'm talking about the difference between the world and the church what the church ought to be but here's the bottom line faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. The raising of Jesus from the dead was an operation of God's faith. And Jesus said to us, have the faith of God. Do you know what you have? Nothing's impossible to them that believe. But now let's go back to Galatians 3, 5. Notice what it says. He therefore that ministereth the Spirit to you and worketh miracles among you, how does he do it? How does he do it? By the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? But notice this. This is huge. He that ministereth to you what? Say the Spirit. And works what? Now say this out loud so you can hear yourself say it. The working of miracles is a ministry of the Spirit. The reason people don't see more miracles is it is a spiritual thing. It comes out of the spirit realm. That's why it supersedes the natural realm. And that's why people are always looking for the spectacular to classify it as a miracle because they really don't understand that a miracle happens in the spirit, that it's spiritual laws that produce it, and it changes the natural. They want to see the spectacular so they can believe it, which means they're not in faith, they're in the sight realm. That's why they always want evidence. Scripture's real clear about this. The world needs a microscope. The church needs faith. Faith is your evidence. Faith couldn't be there. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It's impossible to have faith unless you've heard God say something. And most folks hadn't spent enough time with God to hear Him say something to them. But the day he says something to you, it's like somebody creates a hole in the back of your neck and all the doubt drains out and you feel like you can cast out every devil and move every mountain and conquer the world. And you've got that in you right now. Amen. It's like preaching along and looking down the aisle see somebody in a wheelchair and said, you can walk. And that's what I said to your niece all those years ago. She had that metal halo. Her pelvis, her bones were crushed. The doctor told her that that she would never walk normal again. Am I right about that? Never walk normal. And it would be months and months and months and months and traction and other things before she could ever be weight-bearing. Am I telling the truth? Is that exactly right? That night, I pointed her, said, in the name of Jesus. That girl came 15 years old 
came out of that chair. Did she not? Walked up the aisle to me. Did I assist her? Did anybody else assist her? Walked up the aisle to me. I took her by the hand and walked her around. She walked back, and then I had some instruction for her because they had no real other way to get to transport her at the moment. I said, now, you're about to sit back down in this chair only because we have no other means to transport you, but you'll never need this again. I, I had to coach her faith, you know, so she wouldn't, because I knew she was going to face some stuff. She got home, and uh, Mom and Daddy, Jesus healed me tonight. Oh, that's good, honey. I'm glad you got prayed for They wheel her into her bedroom, going to pick her up, put her in the bed. She pushes away from the bed. That wheelchair rolls backwards. What are you doing? I can walk. I told you Jesus healed me. I said, no, baby, I understand. I'm glad you're excited, but they pushed her back up to the bed. Did this three or four times. Finally, she just had to say, Mama, Daddy, didn't she? Am I telling the truth, Miss Jackie? This is her testimony. I'm telling you I can walk. And they sat there all afraid. Well, she got up out of the chair, walked three or four steps to the bed, sat down on the bed, and put her own legs up in the bed. They went back to the doctor. Not explainable. Everything had fused. Supernaturally, in line, took the halo off. She comes back to church within a matter of a couple of weeks. Runs. We had four or five steps in front of the church. Runs up and down the steps. Unbelief is a demon. Get rid of it. The spirit of doubt. You hear the phrase? The spirit of doubt. If you're battling doubt, you're battling a demon, cast him out. Resist it. Doubt your doubts. Believe your beliefs. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So the working of miracles is a work of the spirit. Now the Lord wanted me to demonstrate something here and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it and uh, I've got a couple things I'm gonna say and I'll try not to take too long doing this but I'm gonna need some help in a minute not just yet but uh, all this came all this stuff came from my house and the reason it did is because I finally learned if you're gonna travel the world you got a few days at home at a time you don't have time running around borrowing stuff and all that you know I got to have something to slap on and go you know <laughs> If I'm going to build something, I've got to build it quick. So, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so I just want you to see something here. Now, here we have a piece of equipment manufactured by a company called Cobalt. And uh, it's a blower. <laughs> Dry hair. Is it do good? <laughs> Pretty good. Now, <clears throat> It's not going to trim the hedges. <laughs> so I got me another gift here. Oh, this one's awesome. 
Huh? Now that'll dry your hair, and this one'll cut it. <laughs> and then, if you've left some carnality in your life, we got something that'll cut the flesh and the grass and the weeds out. See. And we got all kind of good stuff here. Let's let's just see what we got here. Let's uh, wow. Let's see here. We got woo. That's a nail gun. Hmm, that's a chainsaw. That's a, let's see here. That's a, well, that chainsaw leaking. <laughs> My wife may not be happy with me. Oh, yeah, that's a good one right there. Man, that'll cut almost everything. That's a saw's all. That's a drill. That's a hammer drill. Hang on now. Let's see here. What else I got in here? Well, that's enough right there. I got one, two. Oh, well, you got to see this one. This is awesome. That's a skill saw. And you got to have some skill to use this bad boy. Isn't it? <laughs> All right. Now, so I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hmm. And not a one of them, not one of them, will work without the power. I mean, try it. Seriously. I want to encourage you. I know your hedges need clipping. Go home and clip them right now. Just like that exists. Yeah, no power. Not going to happen. No power. <clears throat> uh, Time to do the yard, Brother Kel. <laughs> but you don't get any power. <laughs> this time next week, we're going to find him on his hands and knees pulling weeds because yes, this sir. is going to be hard to do. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Are y'all hear me? <laughs> All right, here we go, Brother Charles. I need you to blow off the front walk. Some of these ladies are walking on some rocks off the parking lot. But you don't get any power. <laughs> Miss Nancy Sprinkler got a, we got to replace a piece of pipe in the sprinkler system and we're going to use this to uh, cut it out but uh, you don't get any power <laughs> these are all gifts you just were given a gift why can't you do the job Now, I want to show, I'm going to show you something here. All right. <clears throat> so, hmm, what have we here? Shandai. Yeah, and what's the most amazing thing is this same power. Hold that. Will work. I'm going to put it in this. And that's the exact reason every gift I bought myself, <laughs> I bought with the same name on it. Because the power source is interchangeable. And it'll work in anyone 
of these tools. Huh? You hear what I'm saying now? But I wonder what we could actually do. Let me give that back to you. One, two, three. Let's just, oh, we got to hand out another one. Oh, I got to use this one. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll just use this one. No, this one's good right here. All right. <clears throat> See how many of these we got in here. We might as well just go ahead and let somebody else enjoy the party. That'll work. Oh, see, see, look at there. See, that's a that's that's the object lesson right there. If you don't know how to connect the power to the thing, it won't work. <laughs> I was afraid it might be done. Yo, know, it's dangerous, all right. <laughs> and your hand's probably. <laughs> yeah. now, let me, now, let me explain something to you. <laughs> you ready? You got to, you, are you ready? Are you ready? Y'all, excuse me. I got to go to the restroom again. I knew I should have used that little clippery thing. We'll just leave it on the outside. I'm gonna let it. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Give me a second. I did it the quick way this time. You're gonna see wires and everything else coming out. But that's all right. I just do it like this. We good. Got to have power. Y'all revving up on me now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Everybody got the power? On the count of three. No, we're not doing bells. It's in the Christmas pageant. We're talking about life and not religion. On the count of three, are you ready? One, two, three. And you know, this is amazing. It's amazing because that piece of equipment didn't say, I'm not going to work for Doug. I don't like him. I only work for women. I wonder if this could happen. I wonder if we could just do this and see. Just, just go ahead and pull that trigger and see if they'll work for you. Oh, whoa, 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 you mean Brother Kevin's not the only one that can run that thing? You're kidding. That, I thought only Brother Doug could do that. And you know what's really amazing? I didn't clean any of the tools up before I got here. And they're still working in church. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. Power works in every bit of this because they're all attached to the same manufacturer. Yeah. The power is supplied by the same name. Yes. Hey. 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 Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you. 
And uh, thank y'all. I'll probably get those back in a minute. It seems like I better go to do some more preaching. But the thing is, <laughs> I just want you to know it'll work on everything. Where did I, I go? This one goes in the side. This is really cool. I, you know, I sort of left that on there. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, if you'd like to, ladies, whatever, just put them back up here. We'll just leave the tools up there for everybody to watch here real quick. Glory to God. Do you get the point? You got nine gifts, use them. They don't all do the same thing. But when we all did it at the same time, what happened? That's the corporate anointing. While I'm using my tool, you can use yours at the same time. When I'm releasing my faith for miracles, you can release your faith for miracles. I wonder where we could go. Glory to God. Do you see what's going on here? Yes. Woo! Glory to God. You've got what you need. Saying, I've got what I need. All right, I've got a couple of statements to make to you here by the Spirit, and I want to read some verses to do it. Hebrews chapter 2, turn there with me. Glory to God. The working of miracles. Say, the working of miracles. It's a ministry of the Spirit. Now, let me show you what it says here in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to read four verses, and I'm just going to make some comments. And I'm going to expedite into the releasing of our faith on some things. Glory to God. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I, I never dreamed that I could see some of the spectacular, and now I'm using the word correctly, miracles that I've seen around the world and forget one of them. And I had someone tell me early on, son, you need to keep a diary and you need to write down the miracles because they said, uh, if you don't, you won't remember them all. I, as a young person, I couldn't even imagine a spectacular miracle happening and forgetting it. Now there's been so many. Jesus did so many miracles, they couldn't even write them all down. He said, we handpicked the ones we wrote down. And the reason we did is so that you might believe in the name. But the name did so many miracles, the world couldn't contain the books. And it's time for miracles, more of them. More of them in the delivery room. More of them in the operating room. More of them on the football field. Do you know when John Taylor had, had broken his leg and we went out on the basketball court to this day, all these years later, all these years later, people that were present that were able to see it saw when I laid my hands on his leg and said, in the name of Jesus, and those coaches were standing right there. And to this day, they'll say, I watched it. I saw the bones move. Now, it could have been stopped. Hear me. I don't tell this a lot. We were eating that night. We were praying, playing in Bradley, Arkansas, and he was in middle school. 
And uh, it just seems pertinent for me to say this. The only times I've missed this, I missed it big. One time I was, and, and I'll just give you a couple of examples so you know this isn't the only time. Uh, I want to teach you something about spiritual things here real quick. I was on my way home from ministering in Jerseyville's Bible school at the time, and I, was, uh, and I heard the Lord say about halfway home, he said, I want you to pray against theft. And I said, okay, Lord, when I get home, I'll get the intercessors together, and we'll just we'll, we'll pray. Because I had been thinking, my mind, we, our offices weren't here at the time. They were in an area where really it was kind of suspect and not secure. And I was thinking the Lord was talking about the ministry because there's computers in there and whatever. And if you don't watch it, he'll say something to you and you'll let it slip or instantly apply it to what your mind's thinking about at the moment. I thought I had time. I'll get the intercessors together. We'll pray over the ministry because the ministry was forefront in my consciousness. By the time I got home, a man had taken a battering ram and blown my carport door open. And they had gone in there, and you talk about demonic. He went in there and stole some things that sentimentally, oh, money can replace it at some point, but not what was taken. What was taken, I had done a meeting on Valentine's Day, and a lady came up and gave me something to bring home to Lori because she was at home. And said, the Lord wants to bless your wife for sowing you on Valentine's Day for the miracles of these people. And sent me a, at that time. Now today, who knows what it'd be worth? I mean, this is a long time ago. That ring at that time was worth $3,500. It could be, who knows what it'd be worth today. She also had the ring of rubies and diamonds there that her dad gave her on her 16th birthday. You can't replace that. And they didn't, they didn't destroy everything like most thieves do. It's almost like they knew exactly where they were, and it would be you could understand it and maybe track it down if you had had work done at the house or somebody had been in the house. Nobody had been in the house. It's literally like by a false demonic gift, they knew where to go and get it. Anyway, so the Lord had told me that. Boy, did I learn my lesson. You hear from God, you obey. Are you listening to me? And you don't put your own mindset on it. And you don't wait for a while. But it took me two situations to learn this. The other one was JT. We were in a hurry. We'd work day. We were busy. They were playing a basketball game in Bradley, Arkansas. I wanted to get there, you know, for tip-off and all of that. And uh, so we quickly thought, well, they don't take long. So we hit tamales on 82. And we're going to go down, you know, 71 South, and uh, we're driving. I, I can take you to the spot I was sitting in the vehicle when we were about to pull out on Highway 82 and get on the loop. And I heard the Lord say, and he'd never said it this way before, but just this impression, pray, pray over the basketball team. Pray, pray for their safety, the hell they're covering. Cover the team. Say, okay, Lord. I did the same thing I did coming home from Dallas. Well, I didn't know it, but he was chasing a kid down who was on a you know, snowbird basket, and he was lay up, and he's chasing him. He's behind him, but he can't stop. And that gym had a concrete wall right over the end, and he put up his leg to try to stop himself. And when he did, it went snap, snapped right in half. I'm totally convinced to this day, had I stopped instantly and used that name, that accident would have never, that tragedy to his leg would have never happened. And so I knew it when I walked down on that court because the Lord had said it to me and he said it so still and so soft 
My wife didn't even know. Could have stopped that. Missed it. Anybody ever missed anything in here? God's got a miracle on the other side of you missing it. Amen. That's what I want to say to you. I've missed it. You've missed it. But God's got a miracle to fix it. To this day, those coaches talk about watching those bones move and the prognosis being, you know, eight weeks in a full-length cast, six weeks in a boot, and then two months to ever get muscle tone by all that kind of stuff, half a year or something because of the severity of the break. He came out of that long cast in seven weeks, never needed a boot, and inside of two weeks was running cross country. Are you listening to me? God will fix it. Glory to God. And I learned how to obey quick. Next time that happened to me, I'm going down I-30. And I heard the Lord say, stop and cover your family by the blood. And he said it real soft. And, I, and then I kept driving. Second time he said it a little stronger. And then I kept driving. The third time he said, I said stop and take authority to plead the blood over your family. Okay. I mean, I wasn't, because I'm thinking I'm on interstate and I got stuff whizzing by me. And, you know, I, I guess I could have done it going down the road, but it was so significant to me for whatever reason. I knew it needed focus, so I thought I was going to exit. I didn't. I pulled over. And they're whizzing by, but it's like suddenly, yeah, it didn't matter. And I began to call every family member by name. Within minutes, I got a phone call after I took authority over every family member. And while I was doing that, within minutes of me doing that, my brother pulled out of an intersection and got T-boned, flipped up on the top of his cab, and his truck sitting there spinning. He said, all I could hear, he said, I kept hearing a voice, keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle. I got this. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle. And he's sitting there just like this, spinning on the top. There's a miracle for you. And I've learned this. I've learned our mind conjures up things out of fear. Well, should I cover that? Well, I don't know about that. No, that's fear. I promise you, I promise you, if you develop a relationship with the Holy Ghost... When it is critically important like that to know what to do, you will know. And if you don't know, that's your mind trying to play tricks on you and the enemy trying to give us coming out from here. So don't get all caught up and like, what if I miss something? And what if tragedy happens? No, God's for you. He's got you. He's got you. Rest in him. Cast your care on him. If you don't hear anything, no news is good news. Glory to God. I go as much by what he doesn't say as by what he does say. Because he doesn't have an inability to talk. We miss it a lot, but he can talk. And he loves you. Glory to God. But we can let them slip. That's my point. You can let these things slip. In this ministry, we're not letting them slip. This is why we're in the earth, glory to God. So let's read the rest of this quickly if we could. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? 
which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs, say signs, Signs. wonders, diverse miracles. That means miracles of all different kinds. There's financial miracles in the room. There's healing miracles in the room. There's relationship miracles in the room. There's provisional miracles in the room. There's restoration miracles in the room. There are all kinds of miracles. There's wisdom miracles. There's a miracle for your path. There's Red Sea parting miracles when something looks impossible to get across. There's a crossing path for you. God will create a way where there seems to be no way. God is for you. Don't you tell me he can't do it. I've watched him do it all over the world. Don't you tell me he won't do it. He's the God of miracles. Woo, glory to God. Woo, glory to God. Woo, glory to God. Woo, glory to God. Now, I've got a couple of statements to make to you here because we're there. I can sense it in my spirit. I preached up to, to the last step or two to the door. So listen to me. Gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His will. Say His will. will. Say His will. will. You know, you could say, now understand this, I have a need, right? Right? So, you know, I I have a need for something. I tell you what, I just wear myself out out here with this. You know, I just, I really wish... uh, Ooh, I tell you what, I saw Brother Tracy have one of them electric hedge climbers. Woo, if I had one of those, I'd have more time with my kids. I could just take care of those hedges. It's a gift. Quit thinking money. It's God's will that you have the tools. Come on now. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Whatever tool you need, to walk out the miracle life that is your destiny. It is God's will. He paid the price. You stop trying to figure out how to pay for it. You start believing for it. He paid for it. You believe for it. Faith will get anything. God's will is for you to have these tools. The gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Miracles. Miracles of all different kinds. Miracles. I said miracles. Shout it out. Miracles. Of all different kinds. According to the will of God. Say miracles. 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 Of all different kinds. According to the will of God. Say miracles are the will of God for my life. I'm going to have to just get some mouths open and get past that locked jaw. Say it again. Miracles. Miracles. Of all different kinds. Of all different in every area of need. Are the will of God. For my life. Thank you, Lord. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Now hear what I'm going to say to you. Exodus 34.10, God in his glory said to Moses, I'm making a covenant with you. 
Say a covenant. A covenant. <laughs> that I will do marvels. I will do miracles for you by this covenant that have not been seen in the earth or have ever been done for any other people. Yes. Exodus 34, 10. I make a covenant. You see it? Yeah. Say, I make a covenant. It's God talking. Yes. I'm making a covenant with you that I will do miracles. Yes. Say, a covenant, a covenant. of miracles. Of miracles. Yes. Glory to God. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So say this, I have a covenant of miracles. I have a covenant of miracles. Miracles are included in my salvation. All different kinds of miracles are the will of God for my life to reach the destiny God has planned. I expect a miracle every day. Daily miracles, overnight miracles, miracles in multiples, whatever it takes, my God, the God of miracles, is at work for me. Shout, thank him. He's doing it right now. He's doing it right now. Glory to God. He's doing it right now. There's miracles in the room for you. He's the God of miracles. Shout it out. He's the God of miracles. Let's get the worship team back up here. He's the God of miracles. I said he's the God of miracles. I said he is the God of miracles. Now, the final thing I need to say to you outside of, of the administration of the ministry time is this. Did you know that miracles are in his name? Yes. Come on, now. I know the Lord's talking to you. Get out of that. Sit down and listen to me. Come on. Get up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Inside the name of Jesus is everything that I am is. When he rose from the dead, he gave him the name. Inside that name is Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God that healeth thee. Inside the name of Jesus is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord God who sees and will see to it. He will provide. Yes, he will. One of his names is Jehovah Nisi. You know, that really gets watered down when most people talk about the covenant names because they think the name means banner, standard. Lord, our banner or even our banner of victory or our victorious banner. Yeah, it means that because of the application. But the root word, Nisi, N-E-S, the Hebrew word Nes, is the word used all throughout the Old Testament for miracles. He, that covenant name means, I am the God that will produce whatever miracle is needed that will manifest your victory. That's what that covenant name means. Miracles are built into his name. It's one of his names, the God of miracles. <laughs> God of miracles. King of majesty. Glory to God. 
Now, the Lord said some things to me, and this would probably require some teaching. So I'm just going to, I recognize the anointing in the moment. And since it would require some teaching, I, I, I'm going to administrate this a little bit differently because of what the Lord visited me with in the night. But in the middle of the night, you need to hear this. There's something major happening in the room. I want to say a couple of things to you. There's three things specifically I want to say. All right, and I'll finish with the third, but let's just go to the first two. The first one is this. That young man was demon-possessed. They tried to cast out the devil out of that boy. Nine different disciples did. When Jesus came down the mountain, he said, ah, bring him to me. You need to understand that his presence is a miracle. Come on now. When his presence manifests in the room, that is your miracle moment if you'll just plug into the power. He had an anointing to produce what that dad and that son needed. But you've got to get in the presence of the right anointing. You can't go just anywhere and get it. Glory to God. Glory to God. I mean, you can go over there in the corner and try to stuff stuff in the wall, but it ain't going to make your tools work. Amen? Amen. Number two, this is huge. Um, I tell you what, I boil the three down to a two. Let me just do this. Let me just do this. I've got a verse for you. The Lord, the Lord woke me up in the night and told me to address this. You know, this is one of the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not going to apologize for it because not only am I in the office of prophet, and not only are miracles being released, but I'm also pastoring people that are not just here. They're all over the world. They're watching. There's pastors watching. People will be watching this. So you need to hear that this is, what I'm about to tell you, directly from the Holy Ghost, is from the gifts of the Spirit. God has a miracle life planned for you. Are you listening to me? He told me to read this verse, John chapter 2, verse 11. And I want to read it for you. This beginning of miracles. Are you listening to me? This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. Does anybody know what was going on when he did this miracle? He turned the water into wine. Where did he do that? Notice the word beginning, this beginning of miracles. Jesus began his miracle ministry at a wedding. Lord said to me, if I can provide wine, I can provide a groom. Yeah. Glory to God. And I can provide a bride. Yeah. Glory to God. It's what he told me. He said, you tell. It's what he said to me. I'm just telling you, I'm just operating by what he said in the middle of the night. Yeah. Now, I believe we can let some things slip for those of you that are already married. Yeah. Come on. And your faith can rise for the marriage to be the miracle it's supposed to be. Yes. Amen. 
no matter how long you've already been married. And understand inside of all miracles is restoration miracles. And the Lord addressed that to me in the middle of the night. He said, I want my people to come to a different place. And this is what he said to me. He said, tell all the young women in the room and online and anybody that'll ever hear this. Believe for your miracle. Stop believing for a man. You believe for the miracle, he said, tell them, I'll provide the man. Because unless you're in love with Jesus, you're going to attract men that aren't in love with him. He began to talk to me about that. He said this to me, just as clear as a bell. He said, you tell these women, all of them, because they're being pulled by the world, you tell them, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Tell them, they fall in love with me and lift me up and, and stop looking for the man. I'll draw the man I have for them to them. And I heard the Holy Ghost make it very clear that the enemy is dangling some carrots. I just heard it clear. This goes for our little young youth girls. As well as anyone else at any age is believing God for the miracle life that God has for them. Stop saying things like, well, you know, no, you're in the natural. Anytime you start talking about excusing why you're looking here and here and here and putting yourself out there, it's because you really don't believe God can bring it to you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I realize what's happening. The Holy Ghost, the two-edged sword, is absolutely delivering you. He's cutting the spirit of the world off of you so that you can actually have what you've asked him for. Maria Woodworth Eder, one of the greatest women evangelists of all time. There's a lot of things that she experienced in life and ministry. I won't go into that. I mean, I'm talking about the power of God. Oh. In fact, she's got a book this thick called The Diary of Signs and Wonders of what happened in the tent and much. But one of the things that she said is it doesn't take God very long to do anything. But sometimes it takes us a long time to get where he can. Did you hear what I just said? That is by the Holy Ghost. You need to understand that the waiting process is also a testing window of something that's at work. I learned a long time ago with Brother Hagin. Stop asking God for what he's prepared for you and ask him to work within you. So you need to start praying this prayer. Everybody needs to start praying this prayer. Lord, prepare me for what you have prepared for me. Quit looking for what he's prepared for you because you ain't ready, obviously. So, Lord, prepare me for what he has prepared, for what you've prepared for me. 
The other thing that I learned from Maria Woodworth Eddard, and this is huge, she said, there's a seat we must take. And if we live it, leave it empty, Satan will be happy to take it, to fill it. See, he's, he wants it. He wants to be seen. He wants that seat. He's got to have that. He's got... Are you listening to me? It's time for you to take your seat and get things in proper order instead of trying to bring about God's miracle the world's way. Social media, I don't have anything against it, but just get clear. Whatever something's named is what it is. It's not spiritual media. It's not Holy Ghost media. It's social media. And you're not going to find your miracle. Surfing the net. And I, one of the reasons the Lord told me to share this is because this is what he said to me. He said, I'm asking you now to correct this in their thinking. The world has invaded their thoughts, he said to me in the middle of the night. He said, I'm the God of miracles. He said, tell them don't miss your miracle for looking for the fanciful or the spectacular. And he started talking to me about fantasy. And he said, the world, this is what he said to me, the world doesn't believe in real miracles, so it's creating fantasy to compensate. That's what he said to me. The world doesn't believe in miracles, in real miracles. They have no hope for them. They, they don't believe they exist. So they create, so all of this push, even Hollywood, everything, it, it's, it's smoke and mirrors. It's, it's a storefront with propped up two before it's on the back to hold it up. It's, there is no substance to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, Something's happening here. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, yeah, I can call everybody up and lay hands on you, and there could be an impartation. But unless you hear this and receive this, there, there's more impartation than you hearing what the office of prophet is saying and, and, and assimilating it and deciding right now, I'm going to go the way of the God of miracles above my life. I'm telling you, the Lord told me there's going to be some stunningly accelerated manifestations if you get this fixed in your heart. But if you keep chasing fantasies, you're going around the mountain again. So he said, the world doesn't believe in real miracles, so it's creating fantasy to compensate. And I, and I want to give you, write these down, and then we're, we're just going to begin to worship, see what the Holy Spirit would have. Write these verses down. We're going to read one, but I want you to write all three down. Proverbs 12, 11, Proverbs 13, 23, Proverbs 28, 19. Just write those three things down. I just want to make sure you understand this isn't an isolated text. Proverbs 12, 11, Proverbs 13, 23, Proverbs 28, 19. But we're going to look at Proverbs 12, 11. I want to show you what the scripture says from the wisest man that ever lived outside of Jesus. 
This is God's holy word. He that tills his land will be satisfied with bread. But he that follows vain persons is void of understanding. Look at this in the NIV. Those who work their land will have abundant food. But those who chase fantasies have no sense. The Berean Bible says those who chase fantasies lack judgment. Stop chasing fantasies. The Lord told me to pray over you. Because there's some supernatural things that the Lord wants to do. And it has to do with lifetime anointings. Now, he told me to tell you that like when I, when I was coming home and he said, pray against theft. In my mind, because I had my mind set a certain way, I missed it. And the enemy got in. So the first thing you're going to have to do is recognize that God doesn't just have Cinderella miracles. Yeah. Come on. Oh, come on now. Yes. They sit in the glass slipper and the pumpkin at midnight. This can effectually be restoration, restoration miracles. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, you better pay attention. If there's something, God has relationship miracles. He has restoration miracles. Not a one of these tools had to be cleaned up before they came into the church and worked. And the Holy Ghost is about putting everything that's been broken back in order. And he's about recreating original intent. If you've got your mindset that it only has to be a certain way, you're probably going to miss your miracle because of your fantasy. Hear what I said. Doesn't take God very long to do anything. Sometimes it takes us a long time to get where he can. Glory to God. He's the God of operations. I can feel it in my spirit. Man, the anointing is so strong. I can feel it in my spirit. He's, it's working. Everybody just shut your eyes for a second. Let it be you and God. And decide right now. Just let him know that you have faith, that he has a miracle path for your life. That you know you're at the door of harvesting it. That you also know that it might not look like you've conjured up in your mind. Ask him in his purity to reveal your heart to your heart and cause your heart to be open to his plan. And watch him work. Now say, I know, I know 
the miracle I'm believing you for is working. I have it today. The God of miracles is on my side. I am not alone. He loves me too much not to make me to know and to be able to hear clearly and make the right choice. I choose right now that because I believe that it's working, I'm not in a hurry. It's okay. It's okay. Just telling you, think, this may be the craziest thing to your natural mind, but because you decided not to be in a hurry and you actually moved by faith, things just got accelerated in the spirit. Because now he can get involved. Get your hands off of it. Stop taking counsel from the world. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm telling you, in a broken, fractured world, God has a miracle restoration for you. Glory to God. And we're about to see them come. He told me the partner letter's about to come out, but he said, in Abraham, all the families of the earth to be blessed. There's a whole family blessing. He's totally and completely recreating, <laughs> restoring, redeeming. Now, in the name of Jesus, Satan, take your hands off these people. We will not put up with your shenanigans, your trickery, or your deceit. Every ungodly scheming trick of the devil that's paraded in front of these people, you are now stripped clean. You are exposed for who you are. Trying to derail their future miraculous life. We're not going to have it. <laughs> Woo! And we're not going to have it in our children. And we're not going to have it in our grandchildren. And we're not going to have it in our spiritual sons and daughters. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, there's too much at stake. And we are headed headlong into the great plan of God. There's help on the way. Shout it out. We have help. Say there's help on the way. Now say, Lord, forgive me for chasing fantasies. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah, I heard the Holy Ghost say, tell them if the Word can't do it, they don't want it anyway. That's what I heard the Lord just say. Tell them if the Word can't do it, they don't. what are they doing with it? They don't want it anyway. It's going to be death and destruction and another area of trial and suffering. Glory be to God. 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 I can sense it. 
It's just a little bit more. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. It's not really what I'm saying. I'm saying as the Lord instructs me, but it's not really what I'm saying. In the spirit, there's the presence. We're going to worship here. We're going to worship. But remember, his presence is a miracle. Bring the child to me. I can fix it. I can take care of it. Get connected with the right anointing, and the right anointing is his presence. There it is. There it is. Right there it is. I could sense it. We were just just one more little adjustment away of getting this thing on the rails, exactly where it ought to be in the heart and mind of people. This is the stuff revivals are made of. You sense the power of God moving in the room? We just got to give him a little space here. He's got it. He's not ignorant. He's watchful. He hasn't taken his eyes off of you for a second. He gave breath in their nostrils. He knows what concerns you. He loves you too much to stop taking care of you now. It's going to be okay. It's all good. God's got you. I'm not intimidated to do it. You know me, but it is a Sunday morning. I'm a little surprised, but the Lord's just telling me to take a moment, walk across the front and pray in the Holy Ghost. I believe we're predominantly believers meeting. I know because he said do it. It's not out of order. So I'm going to take a minute and just pray over you in the spirit. Oh, Victor, the plans are there, son. Just think of where you were. Now think of what he's done. And think of who you are now. I wonder what wonderful things he has planned for you, son. Better than you can even think up right now. You think he's through restoring your life? Not even close. I invite you to join me. You know, we can all pull the trigger on the power. I arrest in the name of Jesus the spiritual warfare that's been around your mind. By the authority granted me, by the powerful name that's above every name, I take authority over the torment. I take authority over the loneliness, the depression, the heaviness, the threats. I take authority over the fear, the pulls, and the struggles of the world. I expose them now 
over a generation that's being pulled every direction. And I break the power of it in the name of Jesus. Satan, I arrest you. I arrest you. You are found out. You are caught. You will have to repay now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You will have to repay. You cannot steal from these people, our children in the Lord. You cannot do it. We plead the blood of the Lamb over their lives and over their minds and over their families and over their futures in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We decree it. We believe it. We receive it. A great future in your life. Glory to God and I arrest the satanic pulls that would try to pull you into an alternate direction, a lesser, lower life. He has a path of miracles for you. Glory be to God. He has a path of miracles for you. Glory be to God. And we're walking through the door and the Holy Ghost is paving the way. And in the name of Jesus, we tell the enemy he cannot traffic through your mind anymore today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we arrest the spirit of fear and we tell it to leave. You're not a panic attack person. You're not a fear-filled person. That is not who you are. The God of miracles is on your side. I said the God of miracles is on your side. I said the God of miracles is on your side. I just have two words, and I, I just heard him say it three times, so I'm going to obey him. Brother Doug, I heard the Lord say, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. The God of miracles is on your side. Let's just pray a little bit more. Yeah, it's come up in me now. Hey, it's come up in me now two or three times. So I'm going to obey the Lord. Y'all ready? One more time here. Apostle Tracy, I had a dream of Last night, uh, I was ministering in a service, and you were actually there, and the Lord gave me a word for you. Uh, doesn't sound like earth-shaking things we don't know word, but this is what uh, I heard myself say to you uh, in that dream. Uh, he said to tell you, son, help is on the way. It's closer than you think. Even today, that help will be there to teach others how to really learn to drink. You will discover in the days ahead, doors open wide. And there will be the help to sustain every part of what I've called you to do in your spiritual climb. For the day of awakening is at hand. It is time for you to stretch out your hand and take the land. The territory is yours. You know that well. You'll see it begin to manifest like the springing up of a new spring from a divine well. So rejoice in me. This is the day to see signs, wonders, and miracles literally pave the way. Praise God. Love you, sir.
This is the day. This is the day. The Lord may have a little bit more. You can certainly plant your offering up here, but let's just worship the Lord here for a minute, Brother Contrell. I'm so thankful for all these gifts. In the name of Jesus, I really want to invite you. I watched you receive communion while I was ministering. I watched your faith rise. There was a point in which you said, that's my moment. You stepped over the line, but I really want to invite you while we're worshiping here before we leave this morning. I want to open up the altar, and uh, I just want to make it available for you to come to the presence. I just feel it's so important for you to be demonstrative, to say, you know what, Lord, I'm all in. You know, I may have my hair done and my hairspray on, but I'm jumping in the deep end. My wife reminded me the other day, you're, you're, it's just wide open. Any and everybody just come, let's just worship. Now, you're not coming for me because I asked you to. It should be your faith motivating you to come. No matter if anybody else came or not, if you were the only one, you'd be standing up here. It really is a point of contact. And, and I see this. Come on, Brother Country, I'll put your book up here. I, I, I see this by the Holy Ghost. I think some folks, because of the word of the Lord so strong, are a little concerned about, well, what will people think? <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I love you all. But there's probably some young women watching me online right now, or will be, or some, some, some folks that are partners that are believing God for those they love. And in the name of Jesus, you can't come up here, but you can come. You can come in some way demonstrate you're approaching that word and you're receiving it wholeheartedly. I'm telling you, God wants you to respond because who gives a rip what anybody thinks? Glory to God. I see it in the Holy Ghost. There's just major things happening. Yes, yes, yes. This is the day. That word was so clear. We're going to see a lot of creative miracles. There's going to be some Holy Ghost services where it's just absolutely, you just can't describe it in articulate terms. But I'm telling you about the Spirit. Did you hear what the word of the Lord was? Teach the people. Teach them how to drink. What did he mean, drink? Well, the miracles are coming that are going to pave the way. Help is coming. Part of the help is the Holy Ghost. He's the helper. Teach the people how to drink. Teach them how to walk in this so that they can see that today's the day. Today's the day. That means all the help you need is available in the room today. The power of God is here today. There's more help coming, and it'll come in the form of people. But the bottom line is the real help is people that know how to believe God, know how to walk in miracles, know how to pull on heaven, know how to release that anointing, respond to that anointing. I'm telling you, God is doing it. That all the help we need is in the room. It's not something coming into you tomorrow. Today's the day, and the miracles are being released, and the restoration is coming, and God is recreating. Obey the Lord, please. I, I, I just, I know I have help, and this is one of the things that I'm seeing by the Holy Ghost. Th this. Uh, while you were, while you were speaking, the Lord spoke to me, uh, and I think this is just a, an object lesson for us all. Is this is how we drink? Is to be obedient. Yes. And the uh, the Lord had told me. 
uh, during your partner's meeting and I wrote it down because I'm believing for my son. Yeah. And God said, I gave him to you for a little while. You give him to me and see what I'll do. But when you were preaching. Say that again. I, I gave him to you for a little while, but you give him to me and see what I'll do. Now, now can I say one thing there? Because this is so huge. You can give the him to God. Now, I'm talking about the word that came to these young women who may not have the him in their life yet. You can give the him. You don't even know him yet. Or you may know him and don't know him that way. And suddenly the Lord just does something. Well, however that comes, give the him to God and see what God will do. The him doesn't have to be a son or somebody you know. It's your future. See what God's going to do. But when you, you said, bring the child to me. God, that was God speaking to me so loudly. And I just feel that I have to be obedient to do this. I'm bringing my son, Cole, to him today. Amen. The Lord told me it was going to get it. Help her down, please. The Lord told me that if, if we could get that fixed, the Lord spoke to you so loudly. See, you heard him. Yes. Isn't it amazing? He doesn't have to physically be here for you to bring him to the Lord. Right. Get out of the natural. There's miracles in the room. It is happening. So let's just worship and drink and thank him and believe and bring it to him. And watch him accelerate these miracles. Watch him. Just watch him. I'll tell you this. All the energy expended on all of these things we think we need in the natural, especially with this younger generation, is actually a toe stumper to the move of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, they're, they're waiting to do something for God till all that comes in order. And the problem is, when all that comes in order, you'll be caring about that and building a family and having kids and worrying about your job, and, and you'll never... If you don't give yourself to God now and let, let the gift to God bring to pass the thing that will flow with you in God's plan, you're going to totally derail not just now, but everything. I hear it by the Holy Ghost. And he said, fix it now. Yeah. Yeah. Evidently, there's a cloud hanging that's about to dump. Yeah. I see it. Evidently, he doesn't talk to me like this unless this is important. He brought up something to me while you were talking, sweet lady. and uh, My wife brought up to me something that I'd forgotten. When we were first pastoring in Ashdown, we, uh, the kids were out in the pool. And Matthew, we were much younger and Matthew, who preached here last week, so this is how many years ago that was, he's a little bitty guy. They're out there in the pool, and somehow he got into the deep end, and my wife was there, clothed, hair done, and all. And I had totally forgotten, but I remember when she brought it up, because we got to talking about these things, 
And somehow they got him out on a float or something, and he fell off the float. Next thing I know, we're all inside hoo-ha and having a good time. And she happened to be out there watching the kids. Next thing we know, and of course, the way she looked, she came in drenched. I mean, she looked like, you know, a drowned, a drowned little rat or something, hair down and water and clothes. And, you know, we throw it and, and, and kind of laughed a little bit. It was no laughing matter. Because it didn't matter how she was dressed or what she had on, she went in the deep end in a hurry because of what was at stake. That's what the Lord's asking us to do. You see, and baby, I know you're watching today. It's like I told you when I left the house. God's got a miracle for us. <sighs> The operations of God, they're at work. The angels of God, they're going to get them right now. They know where they are geographically. They don't know what they're thinking. They're going to visit them in the night and trouble them, give them dreams. So we receive it. I'm sure in the natural that at some point in your life, it could be your adult life with a family member, a mother, a father, or maybe a grown child, you are a mother or father, and you're taking a nap on the couch, or it could be when you were a child, but all of us have experienced this at one point or another, where we're just sitting there and somebody recognizes that just we need it, and they'll pick up a cover or a blanket or a comforter or something and come put it over us. Have you ever had that happen? That's what's happening in this room. That's what you're feeling. We really are wearing a new mantle. We really are. We really are. And I want to I wanna let the Holy Spirit finish the work he started. This isn't... There'll be plenty of personal ministry. This is who we are. It's what we do. And plenty of times for preaching, praying, prophesying. I want to exhort you to walk in what's happening in the room and what you perceive today. And I want to say it like this. It just seems like since the Lord brought it back up to me, it's a point that he wants to make sure that just doesn't get lost in all of the information. When I was really young in ministry, Miss Becky, I... Not only read the book of Acts, but I read about great moves of God, the way the miracles are recorded, the testimonials, like in Jesus' ministry, but then there would be books. And uh, I think about John G. Lake or some others, these great miracles. Smith Wigglesworth. <clears throat> and I really didn't realize it, but the way I would read it and the way I saw it in my mind, the miracle ministry actually... I was too young to know that I created a fantasy of what that would be like when that happened in our meetings. I had it so built up that it seemed hard and it seemed so elusive and it seemed... And the stories I tell, it, it, I know some of them seem pretty spectacular. When I look back on it, I'm sure they are. They're miracles. Miracles are like, wow. wow. 
But the thing I remember having to process was being so full of faith and under the anointing and the flow of the meeting that when these miracles I tell about happened, you're under an anointing in the moment and you're doing it. And the blind eyes would pop open and it wasn't nearly like I had it conjured up in my mind it would be when I read about it in those books. In fact, I was in an environment where it just seemed so normal. I remember, I remember being in Haiti and um, what reminded me of this is Brother Copeland told a story while we were in South Africa together and he talked about when he was in Jamaica and a lady that was blind was healed. And she said, and this is her testimony. Well, I had a very extremely similar experience in Haiti because it's the same way. But in, in Jamaica, they're kind of British influence. And so they're very reserved. And so she said, I was blind and now I see. <laughs> uh, that's the testimony. She's like, well, you would think they'd be more excited than that. And so Brother Copeland asked the pastor, well, the same thing happened to me both in Haiti. First miracle I ever saw. I mean, uh, when a person's like blind eyes are open. And I, and I remember getting back to the hotel room talking to the, the, the other guy I was with. I said, did that seem so strange to you? I mean, these creative, these miracles happen in the meeting and these people are standing there like, this happens all the time every day. And, uh, and so the pastor told Brother Copeland, he said, oh, pastor, you have to understand we're British. We're real reserved. So when she gets home, she's going to throw a fit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Same thing happened to me in Asia. I was in Penang, Malaysia. A man was 90, like, I don't know, he was a much older man. He came up, I mean, he hadn't seen 15 years. 15 years he'd been totally blind. And he's standing there like this with his arms folded. He's reading the banner. And I said, so what happened to you? I mean, he's like, and I, I mean, you would never have known that his blind eyes just got open because that didn't seem to be the testimony. I mean, it was literally like an addendum. He had had some pain in his body, and he was so glad to be free of that pain. He comes up to testify, the pain left my body. And, oh, and so they interview him in, the, in, you know, in, in their language in, in Malaysian. So I'm not understanding what's going on. And the guy's standing there, and he says, oh, and also Brother Tracy, he said uh, for 15 years he's been blind, but he can now see. But he's so happy the pain is gone. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just standing there like this, batting his eyes like nothing happened point I'm trying to make is the Lord was really pointing that out today and he doesn't want you to miss it. Do not miss your miracle for the fantasy. When you get under the anointing, it just happens. And suddenly it happened and you're not sure how it happened, but it happened. It happened to my father. It happened to my father-in-law who's probably watching today. He was really building his faith for healing and he had to struggle believing for healing and he had a ganglion cyst or something. And, uh, and anyway, he just had to pray for her or just touched it and, and prayed over it or something and he's working. And I think it was some days, maybe almost like a week or two. And one day he's working on it and he looked and it was, it was two weeks had passed. And it disappeared and he didn't even know it had gone for about two weeks. He's like, that thing left. It's gone. I don't know when it left. Now that's spectacular. But it seemed so normal. It just was there and then it wasn't there. Stop conjuring up 
See, Naaman almost missed this miracle when he was called to go dunk in the river. He said, I surely thought the prophet would come out and slap the side of my donkey and do some big thing. Yeah. Don't miss your miracle. Amen. Looking for what you've got conjured up in your brain is the big thing. Yes. Amen. Right now, today, in this room, a mantle of miracles has come on all of our body, all of our attached ministries, and all of our partners. Every day, coming and going from work. Going to bed at night, waking up. I had no idea I would wake up and God would visit someone else in the middle of the night about something I had prayed about, give them a dream and a word, and it'd be for this moment. How am I going to orchestrate that? I was sleeping. There wasn't anything spectacular about that other than I had released my faith before I went to bed. Now that dream is nothing more than a miracle. That was a word from God, a word from the Holy Ghost, a word from another world that matched something by somebody that's not even geographically here and was asleep themselves. You tell me how God did that. That's a miracle. Your miracle's working while you're sleeping. Don't miss your miracle. It's at work right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Everything we need's coming. And if you're our partner, that word's just as much for you because we can't do it without you. All the tools in the room got to have power. Yes. So help's on the way. Throw your hands up and say, I believe in miracles. I believe there's power in me that attaches to the working of miracles. And the miracles God has promised me are working right now in my life. With every step I take, with every day I awake, with every decision I make, today in the name of Jesus, it starts right now. I'm all in. I'm completely immersed in the miracle flow, in the miracle life, in the miracles that are producing the destiny that has been promised me. There are miracles of provision. There are miracles of protection. There are miracles of healing. There are miracles of supply, of wisdom. And in the name of Jesus, there's relationship miracles, favor miracles, miracles of opportunity, miracles of open doors. And in the name of Jesus, he's working in the life of everybody that's even closely or even remotely attached to me. This anointing affects everything around me. Everything that comes in the sphere of my life is being touched by miracle power. It has to line up. It has to come in order. It has to realign. My whole life is coming in order because I seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. All of these things in a miracle river are added to me. I don't have to chase them. 
easiest thing I've ever done. It's going to be the easiest thing I've ever done. It'll seem natural. It'll seem natural. But it'll be spiritual. But it'll be spiritual. When I look back, when I, look back I realize it was spectacular. But it's a miracle. But it's a miracle. And I receive mine today. Let's walk in it. I command bodies to be healed, lives to change, and otherworldly situations to happen. What testimonies we're going to have. Our God, the God of miracles, is at work right here, right now, in me and in you, in us, in Jesus' name. I love every one of you. God is a good God. I don't know about you, but I'm going to worship my way through the afternoon. I'm probably going to listen to that word several more times. Just to keep telling myself, self, look, you hear what God is saying. Amen. Because we have it. And I'm not discouraged. I'm encouraged. We have everything we need. You be blessed and I love you. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And everybody remember, Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. Tell somebody you love him.